Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening and watching the YouTube video. This is Glenn, the host with Managing with Common Sense or with my YouTube channel, Bring Your Brain to Work. I have a great guest today, and our guest today is Niam Shea. He is the CEO, founder, and pretty much everything of Hummingbirds AI, and he has a product called Guacamole that he will talk about. Niam, thank you to the pod. Welcome to the pod. And thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Hey, tell us a little about yourself. Absolutely. Thanks, Glenn, for having me. Uh, I'm Nima Shea, and I'm not the everything about hummingbirds. I'm just like a small portion of, uh, of the team. But uh, uh, I'm the CEO and uh, founder. Uh, hummingbirds AI is uh, an AI company, computer vision company. But talking about my background, so let's uh, introduce myself first. Uh, so Nima Shea, uh, by background, I'm a medical doctor who uh, uh, was always looking into bigger challenges in life, solving bigger problems. And that was the reason that uh, I really didn't, didn't practice medicine. After uh, graduation, I was transitioning into uh, becoming an entrepreneur and my passion was always finding uh, the biggest challenges that I find around me and then trying to solve them through uh, technology mainly. Uh, and uh, a few years ago, I found a big, challenge, which is deepfake and, uh, and uh, a problem of uh, authentication, uh, which was uh, becoming my passion for the last couple of years in order to be able to uh, solve that problem for our society. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So did you ever thought your younger years that you would ever be in where you are today? Yeah, yeah. So, so your uh, passion was to develop something when you're probably like in middle school, you're like, I want to change the world. Yeah. So in middle school, I was uh, very passionate about like uh, physics and, uh, and back then I didn't know anything about AI, but something about intelligence and something about like higher intelligence was always making me curious to know what we can create that is, that is more intelligent than ours. Uh, so uh, back then, uh, I was creating a prototype of self-driving truck without any much equipment and mm -hmm. uh, using like my toys and then a few sensors that my uncle gave me in order to uh, create a smart machines that can follow the road, the path. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that was like in middle, middle school and then later uh, was trying to see if we can create like infinite sources of energy. Um, uh, which later on uh, I was doing like uh, projects in uh, biogas. Uh, so, so always thinking about what are the challenges that I see uh, in front of me and then try to uh, solve them through uh, innovation. Wow. So you're, you always, when you're little, you always had that entrepreneurial mindset and you always like to be challenged. And yeah. that's a rarity for some people who I don't know, maybe it's not a rarity or it is that some people just love to be challenged and just take on new things. And is it safe to say, uh, Liam, that being uncomfortable to get comfortable, being uncomfortable is something you like to do, is being uncomfortable in situations because you're just trying to learn new things and improve on them? That's a very good point. Um... It is in fact uh, somehow true because uh, my wife and I became like digital nomads uh, in 2013, 2014. So we decided to uh, 
leave our house and then go explore the world, which that comes with, uh, with uh, a lot of uh, not being comfortable. You see my dogs are uh, browsing around me. So we were traveling the world with like two dogs, which is really uncomfortable, like traveling to Europe, South America, all these countries, uh, living in Airbnb without having like the um, uh, knowledge that tomorrow where you are going to stay, next month where, where you would stay. So that level of uh, not knowing the future uh, creates the passion to, to always look for like new ideas, new people uh, around you. And uh, that's, that's something that really helped us in order to uh, see other ideas, other people, other environment and, and get better through, through our journeys. So yeah, that's, that being discomfortable is always helpful in order to get one step ahead. Yeah. So with your traveling and you're introducing your products and everything else, and it is AI, where do you see AI going from here? I mean, it, it, I mean, technology is moving so fast. How fast is AI moving now? And what's the future like for it? It will move uh, much faster than what is moving now. It's moving fast now, but it's going to that, that level of uh, growth will accelerate soon. Uh, so at some point we will see that uh, we, we as, as human, we cannot catch up with, uh, with AI. So just giving you an example. So 20 years ago, like Watson versus uh, Gary Kasparov, like those chess games, uh, they were like kind of like equal. So sometimes humans were winning, sometimes AI uh, was winning, but at some point it was very hard for humans to catch up. And then I bet you there is not any human that nowadays can, can beat uh, uh, Watson or other supercomputers. And, and we don't even think about or, or have those conversations anymore. Uh, at some point, our self-driving cars will be smarter than us. At some point, our uh, AI doctors will be smarter than our doctors. So uh, we will reach to a point uh, of uh, exponential growth that AI will be so, so uh, so much developing faster and progressing faster uh, uh, that for humans, uh, uh, it will be very hard to be able to, to, to match uh, that speed. So what you're saying that, I'm, I like the, I love that great example of you using that chess game versus Watson. Now it made me think when you say that, I remember just watching the news or just, you know, they're, filming it on PBS, you know, because it's, you know, that's where chess games would only go to is PBS. <laughs> <it's great. laughs> and they always chat, they're like, there's no way a computer could beat us. Right. I remember those days I've been watching those videos and then the humans would actually beat the computer. And then there was a time there was a big shift where a computer would like, they finally knew what to do if that person made move and made all the possibilities, algorithm possibilities of how to win. Mm -hmm. But it took a while for humans to adopt it and to accept it that I finally lost. So with AI and technology, with what you're doing with your product, let's talk about your product a little more. What's the adoption rate now and acceptance versus what it was in the past? And I feel like some people are still stuck in that world, like, oh, humans still need to do the work. There'll be a day where you'll go to McDonald's and that thing on the fryer or making that burger will be an AI system. Yeah. So 
yeah. Are people starting to adopt it better now or to accept it? So it's uh, it's the question that uh, uh, I always uh, refer to like the, the past, like like hundred years ago in uh, uh, in uh, New York City. Imagine the roads were all were covered by by horses and horse riders, right? So if in those days you would say uh, to uh, uh, a horse rider that uh, that okay, there wouldn't be your job will be gone. They wouldn't accept your statement. Uh, and nowadays, it's the same with like truck drivers. So I would say 20 years from now, it will be very rare to see like uh, human truck drivers, or there might be some other roads for, for the truck drivers, but they don't necessarily operate the vehicle anymore. So uh, it's not the question that are we open to do the acceptance or not, because it's not going to be in our hands anymore. Uh, think about like uh, factory workers. Are we seeing uh, factory workers like human factory workers anymore? Slightly yes, but but maybe not anymore in like ten years from now. So humans can do objection and and uh, like reduce the speed of uh, technological adoption. But at the end of the day, because of the cost and a variety of reasons, technology will win because it's more uh, cost efficient. It's more. Uh, it has like less. Uh, safety concerns, uh, less accidents. So at the end of the day, uh, if you are a business operator, you would see that what would be the benefits of having that te technology versus uh, staying with like uh, like the old technologies, and then that would be uh, your answer. If you want to adopt the change and uh, you get uh, progress, or um, you would want to oppose the technology, and then you might your market will shrink and shrink. Uh, until a point that uh, you would be gone. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the scary that everyone's worried about, right? Is the point where if things are more automated, what are left with humans to do? And some of the older humans, well, that eliminates my job. I remember watching a documentary about a car manufacturing going into somewhere in the Midwest to open up their own factory to, to uh, do their windshields and stuff, you know, some car building stuff. And they want to do automation, but they're like, no, no. In the beginning, like we still need human people to do it. But like you said, safety concerns, uh, then, you know, someone gets injured. So now that might slow down productivity in the car manufacturing. And then, you know, they've advanced it, you know, eight years later, they, you know, put all robots in that could do majority of the work. There's still, still, still some humans that still need to do some of the work. How can we, us technology people, because I'm in technology too and you're in technology, comfort people, I want to say we're comfort or humans, to say, hey, it'll make your job easier, but yes, it will eliminate human, not eliminate humans, eliminate physical human jobs but it's an opportunity for that person in that company going hey you need to think of this way of i should learn how to work these machines instead of fighting against it right so how can we let people know surprisingly i keep saying this 
I'm, st- I'm still mind blowing on like, how many people listen to my podcast. Uh, how many, you know, how can we comfort the people that are not in technology or listening to us to say, hey, it's okay. This is an opportunity for you to learn something else. So how can, how can, how can we channel that to people, especially if, in your role as, you know, you're a CEO of a technology company. It's like, hey, my business grows. I'm going to need people, right? So how, how can we get past people being comfortable and make, in, and make that change? Yeah, so, uh, so there are three types of people, uh, people that are early adopters, the, the followers, and the likers. So if uh, you are an early adopter of the technology, you would, uh, you would have enormous amount of opportunities in front of you. Like you see, okay, th- there is no shortage of opportunity that can be solved through technology. It's like every day that I'm talking with like my fellow uh, entrepreneurs and uh, people in the industry, uh, there's always more exciting things that are happening. So, so it's like, okay, I need like 20 people to do this project with me. And then that 20 people, 200 more ideas coming. So for, for the early adopters, there is like, okay, uh, always progress, always uh, excitement and enthusiasm to, to find those challenges that can be solved through these technologies. And followers would be coming in. So once somebody sees that, okay, I'm uh, like um, Uber has been succeeded, then there are like hundreds of Ubers coming up all over the place. And then there are like Uber of India, Uber of Argentina, Uber. So there are like uh, copycats of Uber popping up everywhere. But then the next level, people are like, okay, I'm going to create like Uber of, uh, let's say, uh, uh, or maybe, maybe like a, Airbnb of, uh, of churches. I'm going to create like Airbnb of uh, retail spaces. So, so it's going to be like enormous amount of opportunities that will uh, pop up after the first generation. But then for the laggers, um, um, I, think, I think we have to adopt. Once the circumstances change, if you want to oppose that technology, at some point, the cost for your operation would be too high uh, whether you are a, a small business or, or a large one, that the ones that adopted technologies faster, they would capture your market. So, uh, so this is this is like a like a, like a game that for for winning you have to have leverage. If that leverage is to capital or that that leverage is through your uh, other resources that you have, at some point uh, uh, you. Your, your leverage would be exhausted. And at and, and that point, you, you would be irrelevant. So either you change or, or, uh, or the board will t- take care of your business. I, I mean, yeah. this is not something that we can sugarcoat it. Yeah, yeah I think like the world's going to change. You got to come along with it. If, if you don't come along with it, you're just going to be left with old technology. And that's the challenge with the older generation these days. Oh, I'm old, but yeah, I still like technology, but a lot of them are like, I, I, I'm used to just picking up my home phone. I don't want a cell phone. And it's like, well, you know, we need to find you because you're much older (laughs) and all this other stuff and there's technology and it's just massaging your, that technology to them slowly. That's why I use the word massage because when you get a massage, you, you want to sit there forever. <laughs> and you, you, they slowly adopt it. And that's the challenge. I love the part. I love those, those three things you talked about. 
I like the early adopter. I just had that in my notes to talk about, but you just touched on it. That was pretty awesome. Um, I like your idea about like your Airbnb, Airbnb churches. <laughs> I was like, huh, that <laughs> might be a possibility also, you know, because, you know, a lot of a lot of churches don't use their 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 spaces a lot. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know what, you're a CEO, you might want to come up with that. <laughs> yeah, let's and. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, and I want to talk about your your company and guacamole. And I want to give a little background here, how I, I know Neam. And I met him at the CES in Las Vegas. When he showed me his product, I was like, wow, this is exciting. I wasn't in, I wasn't that stage of that early adopter, but I wasn't that lagger either, but it's kind of in between, I forgot what was your second one again? Um, you said, second what? Your second one, I think it was followers, followers. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah, uh, the followers. yeah, yeah. followers and like Yeah, so I'm like, what kind of that follower want to be that early adopter, but I'm like, hold on. I, I looked at our business model and I was like, hmm, maybe not yet. Right. So tell me, a, tell me that journey of your product now and where it is today when I, well, it wasn't, you know, it was only January I met you and I thought it was like, this is great technology and tell people where you're at today with it, but how'd you come up with it and how, how did it just pick up speed and just keeps going on? Cause it picked up speed, a lot of speed. I'm going to let people know that right now. So go for it, Niam. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, guacamole uh, is uh, uh, a combination or a, a series of products that uh, one of them is called guacamole ID, uh, which is the, uh, our basically uh, most uh, common product that we are selling. So guacamole ID uh, is like your face ID that you have in your iPhone, uh, but uh, uh, with two advantages. So uh, Face ID is a good technology. We all know that uh, passwords are uh, weak. People are using the same password across multiple platforms and that creates vulnerabilities for the companies. Uh, many people are using like their dog's name, their cat's name, their uh, date of birth uh, for their password. So, so uh, and, and the bad guys know this fact. So they are using this against us. And I personally, uh, uh, victim or uh, I, I'm guilty of, of get, yep. <laughs> I, I've used my password, the same password. Uh, I'm raising my hand too. <laughs> we, all, we all do that. So yes. at some point I started receiving emails that, okay, your password has been detected here and there. And that, 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 that's scary. So yeah. imagine that your password is now in dark web and everyone can go to your bank account email and do a lot of things. So. This, this is a big source of problem for companies. Companies are spending a lot of money on, on, uh, on cybersecurity, and yet we see that the number of cyber attacks and their, not only their frequency, but also their size has been gone worse every day. So yeah. uh, it's not a company that's safe from this type of attacks. And part of that problem is passwords. So we knew that we need better authentication tools. Multi-factor authentication is, uh, is common, it's popular every day, but it's not user friendly and uh, employees are way against that. Like they don't want to go like 15 minutes every time that they go log into their device, they have to go through multi-factor authentication. 
Yeah, they so, have to go to their phone. Literally, I, I, if people are listening. I'm holding my phone. You log in, and then you have to go to an app to unlock what you're doing on your computer. A lot. That's a pain point for a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, and imagine you are like a banker. So you're a bank alert. You are in front of your computer. Anytime that you leave in front of your station, you have to log off and then go and come back and do login the process over and over again. Yeah. So, so this is taking a lot of time for employees uh, at the same time, decreases the productivity of the whole team. So we found out that, okay, we, in this generation that we have all these technologies around us, every one of us have webcam, every one of us have camera, every one of us has uh, a supercomputer in front of us, whether in our hand or uh, in the computer, very strong CPUs. So we have to use these resources in order to create and invent something that is useful for us to solve this pain point for everybody. So for authentication, Face ID is a good technology. We all love it, we use it in our iPhones, but it has two shortcomings. One, it's only available in certain devices like on the iPhones, so you don't see that in other MacBook products or other brands. Uh, and number two shortcoming is that it's only protecting you for logging to the device, but after that you are not protected. So what happens if somebody grabs your phone and run away, which happened to my brother-in-law, uh, and the person gained access to all his contacts, emails, and the confidential information that he had in, in his phone? Uh, or let's say you are working in a crowded environment and somebody is shoulder surfing and see what you are working on. So we are not protected, protected against these incidents. So we created Guacamole ID. We are solving these two shortcomings. Basically, it's a face ID that works in every device. So you don't require any expensive or any special cameras to have the benefits of face ID. Uh, and now you can use your uh, regular computer in order to have the benefits of face ID. But number two, which is more important is continuous face ID. So anytime that you are in front of the computer, you are the authorized person, you can use the computer. But as soon as somebody that is not authorized appears in your background or you just go out and then uh, come back, if you are the right person, the system will be open for you. If you are not the right person, the computer will be blurred and doesn't allow the confidential information to be leaked out. So with this simple solution, we are solving a big problem for the companies, which is all these cyber threats that are happening now. Uh, so this was uh, an innovation, an invention, something like this hasn't been existed before and still uh, we are new. Uh, uh, nothing like this is uh, existing in the market. And that brings the, the second part of your question that what's the feedback from the uh, community, from the company. Yeah. So at the beginning, when they saw this type of solution, they were like, okay, wow, what is this? So how, how can I use this? Uh, but at the same time, again, early adopters, followers, and like. So we are seeing every day that, okay, early adopters are bringing, uh, they love this type of technology. So they want to bring that into uh, their companies. And now we are in the phase that the followers are jumping in. So, uh, uh, so there are the people that have seen that, okay, early adopters have used it, they loved it. And now the followers, that's the followers phase. And hopefully we are reaching to the phase that we can bring the laggers also into using these products. So what uh, industry are you touching right now? Because I'm just thinking, right, um, thinking about law enforcement. Mm -hmm. When they have their computers in in their car they have to log in um yeah but it, it'd be a lot faster if they just open it up look into it they could work on it and then when they 
when they have to go out of their car and like give a ticket or chase someone, as soon as their face goes away, at least that computer, because I remember watching your technology work, that computer just, boom, it just goes to sleep or whatever it did. I forgot what it did, but it, it pretty much just locked itself, period, until that face came back. Absolutely. So we are doing, uh, uh, automizing that part. We don't want the cop to uh, log off the computer because you are seeing an emergency. You cannot sit and log off the computer and then go on. You want to go and uh, take care of the person that uh, or the situation that you, yeah. in front of you. So we take care of that once you are not there as the uh, as the cop. The screen will be blurred and blacked out, so nobody can see that information. If somebody jumps in while the computer is unlocked and we detect an unauthorized face, we block the screen so that they cannot gain access to the confidential uh, information that the cop uh, has access to, such as uh, FBI's CGIS, uh, uh, criminal justice information system information. And then as soon as they jump, uh, they come back to the vehicle, we see the friendly face, we open the screen for them so that they cannot, uh, they, they can go easily work with the computer and they don't need to go over repetitive uh, multi-factor authentications. I, I just thought about this, but the challenge would be, because is there a way, um, work? I know you do it in the hospitals, you have your product in the hospital and it works great, just for law enforcement, because sometimes they're driving mm -hmm. and they're trying to look at something why they're, you know, heading to their emergency. Do they, if, if, can that computer, once they take away and they have to look on the road, well, that's kind of a smart idea. Look away from the road because they, you know, they're trying to look at the computer because they're trying to see what's going on, whatever, you know, criminal record or whatever it is or emergency they're trying to view on the monitor and then they're trying to drive at the same time. That could be a safety hazard. I was thinking like, could it still be, active if, if it catches half their face or it just turns off because of safety reasons. I would say just turn it off because of safety reasons, but what, what's your opinion? <laughs> yeah, so so uh, once the cop is there, so let's say the, the, the computer is over here and we see like half of the face, this, this screen uh, will be available for that. So we don't want to black out the screen while we know that the friendly face is over there. But if they have a subject in the background that is trying to see those confidential information, then we will learn the screen. Okay. So if the right person is there, we don't want to black out the screen because we know that uh, they they want to maybe like for a second they look at the screen. So we don't want them to uh, need to press any key in order to see that screen. But uh, on the only situation that we black out is either the cop is not there or uh, anybody in the background is trying to uh, to do shoulders. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was wondering about that because yeah, this might be a safety issue but with with your guac with that id do you have any other products that you're actually like like in trial right now by chance um yeah so uh, so uh, we, we also have uh, uh, another product in the pipeline that is using the same methodology uh, because because one of the beauties of this system is that the same as face id it's privacy first we really like Apple's approach in protecting the privacy of their customers. And I think that between the tech companies, uh, Apple is doing the best job in terms of uh, protecting the, the privacy of the uh, users. So we follow the same uh, lead of the Apple uh, in our technology. Uh, it's privacy first. All of the biometrics are encrypted and stored in the device so that nobody else can have access to that. 
So it's for security, privacy, uh, uh, and uh, and back uh, back to the uh, question. So we have another product called Welcome Money Access, which is uh, the same methodology using your face for opening the doors uh, for you uh, or gaining access to the restricted areas. And the difference with the current solutions that are in the market, such as like, like your CAC card, is that uh, with the old technology, if somebody is stealing your uh, access card, they can gain access to the facility. But with this technology, your face is your passport. So even if they have your uh, card or they have your passport, they cannot gain uh, access to the facility. There are some solutions that are using your face for uh, access to the buildings, but they rely on, uh, on cloud which in this case, the data should travel to the cloud and come back, which, uh, which is slow uh, because there's always the bandwidth issues. Uh, they need internet. We don't require internet uh, uh, because all the processing is happening locally uh, in the device. Uh, our solution is cheaper because you don't need, uh, because we made it so agile and small that it doesn't require uh, that much of a, a computation power in order to do the processing. And most importantly, no data is traveling outside. So it's privacy first. So nobody else that have access to your cloud resources, uh, uh, for example, in the case of like more critical scenarios. Um, so let's say you are working in a, a hospital in an operating room. So there is patient over there and there's uh, like medical information involved. So in this case, we don't send the data anywhere to be HIPAA compliant. Hmm. You made me think so. All so your product only goes on the local device, and but the nice thing is it's because majority of Apple is a consumer way of doing it. You're doing more of an enterprise way of doing it, which is really cool. I was just thinking in a way where you your product maybe it goes to the cloud or goes to a local server in an amusement park. And here's an idea for you: goes to an amusement park. Instead of people who are season pass holders, like instead of showing their pass, they just walk into a gate. It recognizes their face so fast that it goes, oh, that's the season pass holder. Go in. And then if it doesn't, it just red flags and it'll just alert an attendant there going, oh, that person's not a, a, a season pass holder. And you need to go to the gate. Anyway, you're going to say something. Go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Glenn, that's a very, very good uh, and smart idea. Remember, at the beginning of the conversation, I said we need more entrepreneurs next to us that we can handle all, all of these uh, uh, opportunities because uh, at the end of the day, we have developed the technology, but there are so many ways that these technologies can be applied in different scenarios that we really need like entrepreneurs like, uh, like you. you. You had a great idea. This is a problem solving. Because not only for amusement parks, but imagine for hospitals, imagine for even for like airports, any facility that you see out there, we have like security guards that are manually checking people. Now with the use of technology, we can replace and, uh, and use this type of technologies in order to facilitate the job. But, uh, but for us, uh, with, with limited resources, we are now focused on just this specific market. But if there are people like you or, um, or other entrepreneurs that uh, come up with these ideas, we can of course work with them. We can provide the technology to them to solve uh, uh, some of the problems that we are seeing now. Because at the end of the day, there is no shortage of opportunity. There are a lot of opportunities for early adopters in front of us, people that want to bring these type of technologies into the market. 
All right, I might have to cut that one part out. <laughs> I don't want anyone amusement park people stealing my idea, and then all of a sudden it just shows up somewhere. <laughs> this is this is a great idea. Imagine stadiums. Yeah, right? hundred thousand go to a stadium, right? Yeah, well, season passers, but a lot of people. There's there's a lot more like single buyer, single day people rather than, well, you know, maybe they're like yeah, privacy issues, like people, you know. The, the the laggers they might go oh i don't want my like the ticket has an opportunity you don't have to hold the ticket it'll you take you stand in front of your camera of your phone or whatever it'll take a picture it'll recognize you blah 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 They're like oh laggers like no not gonna happen because yeah. um they they don't trust the system especially with the dark web and yeah. that that's the challenge and yeah. how secure can that be I, i've been to so many security conferences but it's more of a reactive instead of a proactive solution Absolutely. when they mostly mostly give and yours is more of a proactive solution because it's just it's local it cuts off when it needs to cut off right because it's not going to the cloud or anything else so great technology i'm, I'm excited I, for it go ahead thank you so much and and one of the things that you mentioned is uh, is also very interesting so um, in terms of laggards there are still people that they're not using let's say the feature of face id on their phone so they prefer to do like manually have the passcode every time. Yeah. So Apple again as a good, uh, as a good example. So they gave the option if you don't want to use uh, this service, you can use the other service. So option A, option B. Yes. Uh, but let's say for the example of bank teller, you are a bank teller that don't want to use this technology. Okay. But every time you have to do like uh, every day you have to spend like twenty minutes, thirty minutes of your time in just multi-factor authentication so you have that option go for it but if you want convenience then you use the technology just thinking about it where i remember back in in mid 2000s early 2000s actually when we used to create reports at one company it took us almost like a week and then when technology evolved we're actually, we were finally to get reports done like in four hours and we get it every morning to get our morning sales report. In technology today, are we looking at making the human experience and reducing it from hours to minutes to seconds? Is that what we're trying to do these days? Because I feel like that's where we're going. Yeah, that's true. So um, uh, you mentioned a good example. I'm gonna share uh, some other stories. So before before this, I had a digital media company. Uh, so being a publisher in the media space, you have to publish a lot of articles. So what we used to do back in like 2011, 2012 was that we were writing articles and then we had like editors. So uh, uh, like somebody that goes into grammars and check everything is right or not. So we had to send the article to that person uh, she was like reviewing those articles sending back to us. So this process was taking like a couple of days between the time that you are writing the article until it's being published. Uh, in just 10 years or less, now you have Grammarly and a lot of other resources. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. in, in, in a few seconds, you have the answer. So yeah. does it mean that those like editors or those people that are uh, using as like content uh, curators, has gone uh, out of the business? No, they are doing something else now. But the technology helped us and them 
to 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 like make the uh, the uh, amount of time that you need to create those type of content way less uh, from hours and days into uh, minutes and seconds. So that's that's the flow of technology. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the flow of technology is just going to get faster and better. And look at uh, as like you were talking about in your middle school days about um, keeping your car in your lane and you know self driving cars and everything else and. I like the way people are marketing now because it's more of a safety issue. We'll have less collisions rather, you know, than, you know, collisions that we currently have because there is a human still behind the car could still make a human decision if need to, if the AI cannot understand, but it's going to get there. And I feel like it's going to get there pretty quick. So Let me let me ask you about the adopters um, that need to adapt. Um, when you're introducing your product to a company that you see they have potential to use it, do they fall in those certain categories of like, oh gosh, I'm not ready, or yeah, I want to be an early adopter? What's their mindset when you when you gauge them that feeling in that room? What what's it like? So some people like you're a CEO and they're, they're, people are just wondering right now, like, oh, well, if he's a CEO, what's it like to be in that room when you're trying to, you know, introduce your product to someone and tell me that experience. Yeah. So uh, uh, we were having uh, uh, an, an interesting journey because uh, you also asked about like how we ended up creating this product uh, in the previous question. So uh, initially uh, we created another product completely different. So it was for solving another problem that we solved, uh, which was uh, uh, basically uh, enforcing cleanliness policy in banks and call centers to make sure that the employees are not taking the picture of the screen, for example, social security number, or write down the uh, sensitive information of the clients that are calling them. Uh, so uh, that product, we found out that uh, this, this product is still too advanced for the society to, 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 to get uh, adoption. Because uh, in, uh, in product uh, design, we have a concept called Maya, which is like create the most advanced yet acceptable product. Sometimes that you create a product that is too advanced for the uh, society to adopt it. Um, examples are, uh, for example, there were people that created like the same uh, uh, phones or same uh, uh, concepts as iPhone and iPad earlier than Apple, but they were too advanced for, for this type of uh, product. So uh, we learned our lesson. We were talking with like uh, call centers, banks that these products exist, but, uh, but even though they knew that this product has a great uh, uh, return on investment and also is protecting their customers, uh, information, but we found out that uh, they are afraid of, uh, for example, unions. Uh, that, for example, if would would uh, the uh, the uh, employees object this type of technology? So they didn't roll out this solution, even though they were. It was a, a problem that theoretically was solving a big pain point for them, but there was uh, always that objection of enforcing this product to the market. So for a few times, it went into the uh, whiteboard. We were redesigning the product until uh, it took us probably six to nine months in, or in order to see that, okay, just a 
vertical of our capabilities is enough for the market. So we don't need to go and uh, uh, go for like the whole picture, whole solution, but just one part of the solution, which is now the Guacamole ID, would be something that people would uh, would easily adopt it. And they, it's convenient, it's uh, secure, so everyone would be open to that. So uh, back to this question, uh, uh, it's always uh, uh, trying to understand what the other parties want. So we don't uh, go to the meeting and say, oh, this is a solution, you have to buy it. We first, we would try to understand what are the pain points that people have and how the technology can help them. And then see what are the changes that we can do on the product that specifically is uh, making the product tailor-made for that specific company. Because all of the companies are having different demands, different, different uh, ecosystem. Uh, so something that works in company A might not work for the same company, the same vector, uh, same industry. Uh, so you have to always be prepared to adjust the, uh, the product based on the customer's needs. Yeah. So if anyone wants Neam's product, guacamole, as Hummingbird's AI, his information will be in the description or I'll pop it up somewhere <laughs> somewhere we'll pop it up somewhere down here probably i don't know it'll pop up so <laughs> in the podcast we'll we'll uh, uh i'll let uh neem talk about you know the website and everything else so i gotta uh, i'm we're almost at time here and uh, one question i do want to ask you is if you're able to travel back in time and see and able to talk to your 10 year old self what would you tell your 10-year-old Neon? Um, I would say uh, always be curious, always be, uh, um, have that like exploration uh, in front of you, in, in, your, uh, uh, in your self to always challenge and see uh, how you can uh, do things differently. So uh, I would say don't settle for, for, uh, for anything. Don't settle for no. Don't settle for people that say, okay, that's enough. Like, this is good, good enough. Try to create something that is better. So never settle for, 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 for anything that, that, that the society says, this is, this is right for you. You have to be this. Try to uh, challenge everyone and yourself to create something better. Yeah, I would say I would say that too. It's not only just challenge, but don't the people who shoot you down or say that's not going to work. That's a challenge for you to make it work. And the successful thing that Neem and I is going through, and I what we go through is we're okay failing, and all we do is okay, where do we fail? How can we improve on it, or what can we do? Right. We, there's always the word called redesign. <laughs> so yeah. so we're always back on the whiteboard figuring out, OK, what went wrong and what can we do to make it better or not fix it, but make it better. So eliminate that one problem we had before. And a lot of entrepreneurs or or, you know, like Neam's the CEO, an entrepreneur also where it doesn't hold them back, doesn't hold anyone back. And that's where Neon's today, and that's why he's being successful. I mean, I've seen majority of your awards and everything you've been winning in technology. I 
kind of looked you up on Google and you've won so many things. Amazing. Um, give you props for that, uh, for doing all that. And you're a forward thinker and we need a lot more of those in the world today. And for all the kids are, kids are growing up, like the 10 year old, 12 year olds who are just in middle school, need to be like Neil, like always forward thinking, when it challenge the status quo, when, you know, even though it seems oddball, but in the future, it's gonna, it's gonna work. So, but there's some things in there where it may not work, but you know what, at least you gave it a try, right? So with that said, here's your chance to talk about your company and where people could find you, well, not find you, but more like you know, your company's website and all that stuff where they could contact you. So go right ahead. So uh, at Hummingbirds AI, uh, our mission is to create a safer world um, through the use of technologies, as you mentioned, uh, specifically AI. Uh, and we know that there are a lot of problems in terms of uh, safety and security in the world that can be solved through these type of technologies. So we, we have one saying that I always repeat it at the end of the conversations. Our goal is to bring guacamole to every computer on the planet. Every computer has chips. It's time for guacamole. So that being said, uh, 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 guacamole is around you. Every time that you see a gu guacamole, remember guacamole from Hummingbirds AI. And I like your shirt. Holy moly guacamole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like that. And I, I do like guacamole. So I do. yeah, I love it. So Niam, thank you very much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. And so what's that again? I'm so sorry. Thank you so much, Glenn. So uh, uh, I, I just want to add something that uh, once we met uh, uh, yeah. earlier uh, at the beginning of uh, this year in CES, uh, I was impressed with your positive energy towards like new technologies. And thanks again for bringing me this, to, this, uh, to this podcast because uh, uh, I'm very much excited about your podcast. I know that uh, there are a lot of uh, exciting things that are happening in technology that you are covering. So uh, your vision and also uh, being open and flexible into all sorts of different ideas, bringing them, them into this podcast makes it very uh, interesting for all of us. So thanks for what you are doing and thanks for having me here. No, no. I mean, thank you for being here. You're, you're an amazing human and you're, and you're great what you do. So everybody... I'll have Niam's information below about his company, Hummingbird AI, and also be kind and be human. All right, everybody, take care. See ya. Bye. Thank you.